Welcome to One Star Bazaar, where we review the movies that critics hate. This week, we bring you a double feature. We'll be looking at two different films, one a sequel and the other a reboot. They're the respective fourth and fifth films of the massively popular Terminator franchise. The fourth film of the Terminator franchise is, of course, Terminator Salvation. It was directed by McGee. It was written by John Brancato and Michael Ferris. It was released in theaters May 21st of 2009. It stars Christian Bale, Sam Worthington, Moon Bloodgood, Helena Bottom Carter, Anton Yelchin, and Bryce Dallas Howard. This it's- film has a 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. And here's what critics had to say. Laramie Legal of Film.com said... It brings me very little joy to report that this version of the popular Terminator franchise is silly, obtuse, and pointless. Stephen Rhea of Philadelphia Inquirer said, Message to Hollywood, stop with the time travel stuff. And then this review is actually slightly pop, uh, it was like a more positive review from James Rochi of MSN Movies. He said, Terminator Salvation promised moviegoers a war between the human heart and the cold, cruel efficiency of machines. So why then is it so mechanical itself, so good at repetition, so pre-programmed and clunky? And again, that was a slightly positive review of the movie. (laughs) All right, so Terminator Salvation is the fourth film in the Terminator franchise. Yes. I have not seen the third movie, Rise of the Machines. Okay. So the only thing I know about this movie is Christian Bale's famous, infamous meltdown on set when that crew guy like walked across the background and like disrupted his concentration and he freaked out and it went like viral on the internet. Yeah, I recall that vaguely. Other than that, I have no context for this movie. Well, you know that this is set in the future. 2018, apparently. (laughs) Yes, so it's set now, but it was the future. Yes, it was the future of the time. So this is the first Terminator movie where it does not involve Uh, going, sending people with time travel back to the past. Okay. Presumably. I don't know, I haven't seen it either. So then how do you know that? No, I know, because we're in the we're in the present future with John Connor and everything. These Terminators. Like this is the first time where we're essentially getting a glimpse of what this horrible future with the war of the machines would look like. Okay. But I thought that was the whole point of the war of the machines, the third movie. No. Terminator 3 is called Rise of the Machines. Oh, Rise of the Machines. I'm confusing it with War for the Planet of the Apes. Yes, okay. Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines, is John Connor is like 20, and it's this exact same plot. It's Skynet sends a Terminator back. Okay. Uh, In this case, it's Cristano Loki. Oh, wait, no. I did see that one. Yeah, Yeah. Cristano Loki. Okay, no, I totally remember that one. Because she was like, the upgraded version of the liquid one from yeah, the second one. She was the super hardcore. The Terminator. super hardcore Terminator. That's right. 
Okay. I, I did see that one. I just must have blocked it from my memory for some reason. Oh, and Claire Danes was in that one, right? Yes. Aha! Okay. Yeah, I do remember. And then at the spoiler alert, and then at the end, they're like trapped in that underground bunker, just like him and her. Something. Yeah. So essentially, the thing with Terminator 3. Yeah. Which we're talking a lot about, considering that's not one of the movies we're talking about. I feel like it's important for anyway. the context. Terminator. Okay. Because this is give, technically a sequel to the third one. Do we need to give like the very brief, like one minute chronology of the Terminator franchise? We're, we're going to do that. Okay. Let's do it now. Let's do it right now. So, first is. Terminator. Yes, 1984. In, in which Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator yes. is sent back in time to kill Linda Hamilton. Yes, she is. She Sarah is Sarah Connor. Connor before she can give birth to uh, John Connor. Yes, and she has no idea. No clue. About anything. So it's very action-y. And it's very, it was very kind of a low-budget feel like sci-fi movie. Like yeah. very gritty, 80, very 80s. Yeah. Okay. So then in so the then, sequel, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. 1992. Okay. Um, Sarah Connor now has John Connor, her son. Yes. Because Terminator Arnold Schwarzenegger was successful in saving her. Yes. And I believe it's set a few years in the future. So it came out in 1992, but it's yeah. set in like 1996, which is why John Connor is like 11 or 12 and, and not like 8. Yeah, he's a jerk basically yeah he's a hoodlum and in that one the bad machines send back another terminator the, the liquid t the, the liquid t terminator yes the t-1000 <laughs> to kill john connor again yes and, and then this time arnold schwarzenegger is a t-800 original terminator yeah so he's been whatever. reprogrammed he's been reprogrammed by the resistance in the future to go back in time and protect John Connor. John Connor. Right. He was programmed in the future by John, by Connor. John Connor to protect John Connor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just suspension of disbelief is very important for the time travel aspect of these movies. Then in the third one, we see... It's essentially the same as the second one. Yeah, Super Terminator sent back to try to kill John Connor what again. What they determine is, in the third one, oh, we didn't actually prevent Judgment Day from happening. We just delayed it. And so now Judgment Day is going to happen, whatever it is, yeah. like 2003 or something. And Judgment Day is the day when the machines kill all the humans. Yes, they, Skynet essentially takes control of the world's nuclear arsenal computer systems and bombs us into oblivion yes okay and now we're in this movie which presumably takes place after the third one and now we are officially well, yes, in the resistance era now we're actually of adult in john future. connor right so now john connor is an adult yes and he's the leader of the resistance and we're seeing like basically the future john connor that set in action all the events of the yes. previous movies. So for three movies, all we've heard about is this future War of the Machines, the last remnants of mankind fighting against Skynet and the Terminators, and John Connor is like, not necessarily like the chosen one, but he just happens to be the... He's the guy! He's the ringleader of the <laughs> Resistance. Yeah. 
Okay. Okay. Got it. Let's watch this thing. So one of the problems I'm having is I feel like you're supposed to be rooting for John Connor, right? Okay, yeah. And in this one, I don't like John Connor, but I'm like pulling for Sam Worthington. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? So I feel like this movie kind of does the franchise sort of an injustice by making John Connor more unlikable. Yeah. Like, are you feeling that or? I mean, yeah, to some degree, you have this whole, like, chosen one archetype going on. And maybe I could, you could see how it's gone to the character's head. Like, he thinks everything he does is, you know, the only way forward for mankind. And it's like he probably can't admit that he could make a mistake because fate has led him to be the one, yeah. right? Classic uh, example, too, of people raised by, like, narcissists. Yeah. <laughs> like, you could argue that Sarah Connor, like, you know, she thinks she knows everything. She thinks she's, you know, the best, like, guiding example for what he needs to be for his future. And that classic, like, oh, you're meant to do great things that can kind of inflate your ego. Yeah. Some serial killers had that happen to them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Do you feel like he just has no weaknesses? No, I don't feel like he's like a Mary Sue. I just think he's like, there's nothing that endears him to you. Like yeah. even the relationship well, between his wife and him, like it just feels cold and like, there's no chemistry there. Maybe part of the problem also is that the way this story is written and structured He's not really the protagonist of this movie. Sam Worthington's character, Marcus Wright, is the hero of this movie. Yes. So it's funny how a movie about John Connor and the future of the Terminator world, John Connor is in fact not the main focus of this story we're being told. Yeah, he's like the supporting character. Yeah, so maybe that's part of the problem is... He doesn't get enough development as a character because the focus is not on him. Right. Yeah, I can see that. Whereas, and I think the thing too in this movie is this is a young John Connor. I'm pretty young -ish. sure in other <laughs> youngish, okay. In other installments of the franchise, like John Connor is an older dude. He's like 50, 60 years old. Here he's like 35. Yeah, maybe. Well, and the fact that Kyle Reese in this film is a teenager is a teenager. Right. Well, Kyle Reese, played by Michael Bean in the first film, is in his 30s. We when he gets sent, or, you know, he's older. He's yeah. definitely an adult, like late 20s, early 30s to late 30s, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. So we're easily 15 to 20 years out. Right. I on guess. this film compared to when Kyle Reese gets sent back in time. For the original Terminator movie yeah. story. Yeah, that's definitely. So we definitely, there, you, I can see how there's a lot of room for the John Connor character to grow and mature. Because when he really is the kind of, you know, great leader, badass of the resistance, mm -hmm. he is older. Yeah. In this movie, he actually kind of reminds me of um, Poe Dameron 
in the new Star Wars films. Star Wars films. Right. Very brash. Yeah. Like, like heroic, but a little too. And like make stupid decisions. Yeah. Because they don't see the big picture or they think they know better than right. everyone else. That's a, good, that's a good point. All right. So we just finished watching it and we are going to go into our review criteria. Well, sir, first, let me. I have a bit of a quibble with that second review. Okay. This movie specifically has nothing to do with time travel. That is very true. This is, is the only Terminator film where time travel is not a major plot device. This movie, I think, is kind of a letdown. <laughs> I'll be honest. And I love the Terminator movies. I love sci-fi and action. The problem with this movie, that this movie reminds me as a comparison, this movie kind of reminds me of the Star Wars prequels, specifically the second one, Attack of the Clones. So it's kind of funny to me that in both cases you have popular franchise, letdown of a movie, and it's a letdown because it, you don't really get to see this stuff that gets talked about a lot yeah. in, the, in the rest of the story. But interestingly enough, both had... TV shows that kind of fleshed out some of the stuff. Mm -hmm. Obviously, in the case of the Terminator show, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, it wasn't about the future. It was kind of about the middle part where we're watching John Connor grow from being a child into this man. And, you know, he's like a, what, like 17, 18? Yeah, he's like high school age. Okay. But of course, starring, uh, you know, Queen Cersei. Yes. Uh, Lena Headey. So, uh -huh. you know, can't go wrong there. She's awesome. Uh, but anyway, getting back to Terminator Salvation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this movie is very blah to me. It it is very blah. Like we we made it like halfway halfway through the movie. I was like, I still don't really know what's going on. Like the story wasn't very clear. The characters are just as confused about what's going on as the audience. And the from the start of the movie to the end of the movie, that could easily have been like a 15 minute sequence in a bigger movie. So a couple of weeks ago, we reviewed the movie Bright. Yes. And one of the things that I talked about was the world building of Bright and how there was so much new stuff. It was like it was a challenge for the creators because they had to create this whole new world and get the audience to understand everything that's going on in this crazy new world in like the first 20 minutes of the film. Uh -huh. This movie is the exact opposite. <laughs> this movie is basically, hey, you guys know all this stuff. We don't so we're not going to tell you anything. <laughs> yeah, they, they definitely assumed that people knew a lot about the front. Like, and not just like knew the gist of the franchise. Like you would have to know everything about the franchise for this movie to make a lot of sense. Right. So I think when that comes to our second category of does the story make sense or is it too hard to follow? Are there too many plot holes? The answer to all those questions is no, yes, yes. <laughs> like It doesn't really make much sense. It is so hard to follow. 
I followed the plot. It just wasn't very interesting. Yeah, it's true. The problem is it's just a tired trope filled storyline. They're like, yeah, we'll just throw in a bunch of cliche uh, callbacks to previous Terminator movies that fans will geek out over, even though they really won't won't because they're kind of boring. And yeah, it was just I don't know. Blah. Yeah, I just don't care. Yeah, I feel like that definitely also gives it a negative strike in our category three of is the movie engaging because we really didn't care what was happening on screen. Um, I was tempted to look at my phone, but I didn't. <laughs> I kind of wish I had. And I honestly, at one point, basically started Googling like other bad movies that we're going to watch probably or maybe we will or not later on. And I was like, it's more interesting for me to read like the list of characters of this other horrible movie <laughs> than to pay attention to this one. Yeah. Um, but overall, it was, it was very dull, despite all the explosions and gunfights and action happening on the screen. You, you really weren't invested in the characters. You weren't invested in the story. So it might as well have just been like a car commercial with explosions. <laughs> and then in terms of the acting, I kind of touched on it a little bit where like I didn't really feel the chemistry between the characters. Right. The most engaging character I felt was Sam Worthington. And even then I was still kind of like, eh. See, the problem I find is we don't want to give too much away as yes. far as spoilers, but Yes, someone, of- someone spoiled <laughs> the movie for me. Like halfway through watching it like long before the reveal of a thing that is spoilery and i it just oh i just assumed everyone knew (laughs) anyway i did not know it was ruined for me what's kind of shocking to me this movie on both rotten tomatoes and metacritic have better scores than terminator genesis but I th- I'm curious, I think maybe this movie might have higher ratings than Genesis simply because of the caliber of actors in this movie. Like, not to diss the actors in Genesis. Oh, I'll, I'll diss them. Okay. <laughs> but when looking at this movie, you've got, um, you know, you've got Christian Bale, you've got Anton Yelchin, you've got... Common. Common, which was delightful. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, he has definitely stepped up. Helena Bonham Carter. Helena Bonham Carter, yes. Is, not very big. Role, yeah, not a huge character, but. Christian Bale is certainly one of the biggest stars that has appeared in any Terminator movie. Yes, that's fair. Probably the biggest, with the exception of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, well, and Arnold Schwarzenegger isn't famous for being a good actor. He's famous for being Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Versus Christian Bale is, I think, universally agreed to be a fantastic actor. Yes, he's and a you know Oscar winning and all Oscar winning transformative sort of Daniel Day Lewis esque. Yeah, I think so. So I'm definitely going to say this is a one star movie. It deserves to be a one star movie, and. It's really not worth watching. 
I mean, if you really love Terminator. You'd have to really, really love it. Like, it doesn't add anything to the canon. That's true. It kind like, of doesn't. Like, it could not exist and nothing would change. That's true. So one of the things I think is relevant or speaks to the complete irrelevance of these movies is so they are coming out with Terminator 6 and it is going to be sometime next year. Who knows however long it'll get pushed back, which does include Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton. And it is a direct sequel to the second movie. So they're pretending that Rise of the Machines didn't exist. They're pretending Salvation didn't exist. And they're going to pretend that Genesis didn't exist. They're completely erasing the last three movies of this franchise. I think my ultimate takeaway is that Terminator Salvation is basically on par with the later bad Transformers films. That, that is a fair assessment. Pointless story. Irrelevant to the overall canon. Mm-hmm. There's an dinosaur ex- trend. Excuse <laughs> for some reason. Just an excuse for long action explosion sequences that really aren't that exciting because you've mm-hmm. seen them before. So yeah, I mean is okay, so I don't know if this is necessarily like a one-star movie, because this isn't like I wouldn't I wouldn't tell somebody like don't watch this movie. I wouldn't be See, like, don't waste I, your time. I would. Okay. I don't think it's worth it. It's not, but at the same time, it's not like horrible. It's not like I would go out of my way to say, please never watch this movie. Okay. In the way that like, I would tell people, please, I would go out of my way to tell people not to watch the snowman. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, yeah, if you're going to watch, like if you're going to have like a Terminator marathon, sure. Include it. If you're going to have like a stupid action movie night, sure, great. But if you're like, oh, hey, let's just sit and watch something on a Saturday by itself. I'm going to say pass. Like, don't watch it. No, I mean, I would say pass. I would just say it's not like this movie has no redeeming value. It It, just has very little redeeming value. It has very little redeeming value. I agree. I agree. Okay, so we watched Terminator Salvation the other day, and now we are back for part two to watch Terminator Genesis. This was directed by Alan Taylor, written by Patrick Lussier, Lussier, Leita Cal- Calo, oh geez, released in theaters July 1st, 2015, starring Jason Clark, Amelia Clark, no relation, and Jai Courtney. Is it Jay or Jay? Jay Courtney. I don't know. It has a 38% on Metacritic and a 26% on Rotten Tomatoes, which does put it squarely in our one-star category fairly well. Here's what critics had to say. Justin Chang of Variety said, The movie's willingness to veer crazily off course feels less objectionable than the monotony and sense of self-parody that kick in long before the whimper of a finish. Michael O'Sullivan of the Washington Post said, Genesis goes back to what made the franchise work in the first place, not the machine inside the man, but vice versa. 
Mike LaSalle of the San Francisco Chronicle said, for all its weaknesses, Terminator Genesis is a Terminator movie that feels like a Terminator movie. More than did Terminator 3, not to mention the ghastly Terminator Salvation. So there we have a critic who definitely liked this movie more than Salvation. Yeah. And even in a sense, thinks this is more of a pure Terminator movie than T3. Uh-huh. Which is actually, surprisingly to us, as we found in our research, remembered sort of fondly. People apparently, like critics, Rotten Tomatoes scores, what have you, people apparently think T3 is not a horrible movie. Yeah. So with Terminator Genesis, this falls into our reboot category because they're pretending like none of the other movies existed. So this is what I like to think of as a nostalgia reboot. Okay. Which is essentially... explain what that is. It's part sequel, part reboot where the point is to kind of recreate the original, Mm -hmm. but put a fresh spin on it and kind of recreate the franchise for a new generation. Two perfect examples, Jurassic World, Uh, which was very much both a sequel and also a kind of recreation of Jurassic Park. Yeah. As well as Star Wars, The Force Awakens, which was very much a kind of followed the same patterns as A New Hope. Some people liked that. Some people were critical of that. It didn't necessarily feel fresh and original Mm -hmm. because it was basically just A New Hope recreated. Um, This is kind of a similar thing, although the main difference here and why it kind of makes more sense is that they literally... Because the Terminator franchise deals with time travel, (laughs) they're essentially retelling the story, but in a sort of an alternate way. So now I do want to talk about the official studio synopsis of this, or like the studio summary of this movie. So when John Connor, made by Jason Clark, leader of the human resistance, sends Sergeant Kyle Reese, played by Jay Courtney, Jai Courtney, Back to 1984 to protect Sarah Connor, played by Amelia Clark, and safeguard the future, an unexpected turn of events creates a fractured timeline. Now, Sergeant Reese finds himself in a new and unfamiliar version of the past, where he's faced with unlikely allies, including The Guardian, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, dangerous new enemies, and an unexpected new mission to reset the future. So really, it is like the first movie, but in kind of like a parallel universe, alternate timeline scenario. Hence why it is a reboot of the first movie. Right. So let's watch it. Okay. Also, if you have not seen Terminator Genesis and you haven't seen the trailer for Terminator Genesis, do not watch it because it will spoil a major plot point. So I think it's better to go into it blind than watching the trailer okay so we just finished watching terminator genesis and as always we're gonna kind of go over our review criteria and then babble for (laughs) a little bit of time yes in this case because we're comparing two movies that are related we're gonna do a little compare and contrast yes so first for terminator genesis as a standalone movie we want to look at it and see how's the acting. 
remembering this movie when watching Terminator Salvation the other day, I had the thought, because I don't really think that Mr. Courtney is the best actor. I was thinking, you know, I would wonder if you could if you could switch Sam Worthington mm-hmm. to play Kyle Reese in this movie, mm-hmm. if that would have been better. But at the same time, now that I've rewatched this movie, I don't know if that would actually be a good idea. I don't mind, I like, mean, Jai Courtney. He's okay, Jay Courtney. and I think that there was decent degree of chemistry mm-hmm. between their characters. At the same time, a lot of it worked because I think this movie isn't as serious. It, yeah, it, it does have a bit more of like a fun tone. It's not just a reboot of the first Terminator. It's also a reboot of the second, almost. Like, it's a weird mishmash because they, you know, they, they say, hey, let's make an alternate timeline. We can do kind of whatever we want as far as the sequence of events. So they kind of recreated both elements of the original Terminator film and elements of T2 Judgment Day. Yeah, you can see. So, like, in where in T2, you have Arnold Schwarzenegger's Terminator bonding with John Connor and, like, their whole dynamic of John Connor teaching him how to be more human and how to, you know, kind of their relationship. And this movie focuses on that relationship between him and Sarah Connor. Right. You know. And also the main plot point is involves Judgment Day. Uh-huh. And trying to stop. You have Cyberdyne. It's interesting that they obviously reworked it because in the original movies in the 80s and 90s, they were looking forward to a future where essentially life ends in the late 90s for most of humanity. And we go into a post-apocalyptic war. Mm-hmm. Whereas in this film, they've delayed that into the future. And so now they have to go, oh, well, now we have smartphones. Now we have, you know, social media. So Skynet has kind of taken on, gone into that sector of life. Right, like it had to evolve to make it yeah. more relevant to today. Exactly. Um, so I feel like, I guess that kind of goes into our next category, which is, does the story make sense? So obviously there's the, you know, suspension of disbelief when it comes to the the wibbly-wobbly timey-wiminess of time travel. Yeah, I mean, the story, the plot of what they want to accomplish is coherent. Right. And it's an action movie, so there's a lot of points along the way where they're like, all right, now we're going to have the battle scene, now we're going to have the gunfight scene, now we're going to have the chase scene. Yeah, the chase (laughs) scene. A couple of those. (laughs) I think a lot of people do have a problem with this movie, mainly because the the sci-fi time travel element Mm -hmm. is so heavy. But at the same time, I don't know if that's any... I don't think it's more problematic than episodes of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, oh, well, if we reconfigure the, the tachyon pulse to do this, then it'll, you know, it should knock off... Or what is the... the what shield is the, what's you know, the ongoing joke about recalibrating Geordi's visor? visor? Yeah, just everything can be solved by just tinkering with Geordi's visor in some way to make it into some tool for the... You know, that will perfectly work in that situation so i don't think that's as problematic personally for me Mm -hmm. i think that 
there's a lot of sci-fi movies where that's an issue. You just kind of learn to go with it in sci-fi a lot of times. So, and I feel like in comparing this to Salvation, like the problems we had with the plot in that one was were so much harder to accept because we barely cared about the story, like weren't really engaged in the characters that much. Whereas this one, I feel like it's a little bit more forgivable because we are more invested in the action and the characters. Yeah, well, especially because we already know these characters. Yeah. I mean, obviously in Salvation, we kind of, we've heard of the characters. Mm -hmm. We know one or two of the characters in a different form, which is similar here. We know all these characters in different forms, different timelines. But we certainly, I think, we understand their trajectory here and then are willing to go, oh, well, it's different. Oh, okay. You know, what's, what has changed? Right. Yeah, so we're like we're more willing to accept them being different because it's a parallel universe. Right. So kind of touching on that point then, I feel like we were more accepting of the plot holes in this movie because we did care about the characters and what was happening on screen. So I think for our third category in, you know, do we care what's happening? Is it engaging? I feel like the answer is a big yes. Yeah, I generally agree. It's definitely, it keeps you interested, I think. There's enough action, and it, but at the same time, it's not too serious and heavy-handed that, I mean, it's a, it's a decent action movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it reminds me, I mean, okay, is it a weaker action, you know, a weaker movie in that genre? Maybe. It's not as good. It's comparable genre-wise, I think most recently to films and franchises like the Mission Impossible movies. It's less story heavy than something like Jack Reacher. I was going to say Fast and Furious, the later ones where they're Mm -hmm. just kind of ridiculous gadget (laughs) action movies. Like, so in terms of um, just like straight up action movies, like I find this movie more engaging than say like the original Die Hard. Okay, well, no, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Die Hard is the quite possibly the greatest action film ever. The first one? The first one is the best one. By I, far. I don't know. I think it's kind of boring. <laughs> if you had, okay, okay. If you had chosen a different 80s movie, action movie, I would have been like, okay, yeah, I can see that. I can just edit all this out. (laughs) Whatever, you can use what you want. The original Predator? It's definitely more engaging than Predator. Okay, that movie is a cult classic. People love it, but really, if you've never seen it, and you go back and watch it, comparing, and you, you have all the knowledge of the 30 years of film since, you're like, this is a pretty boring movie. Die Hard is, come on. Come on. Okay. Jake Peralta would be ashamed of you. That's true. He the new the new promo. You. <laughs> anyway, this film is definitely, I think it's engaging enough. If you just, it's just, it's a popcorn movie. You know, I talked about earlier the idea of like what I call a nostalgia reboot. The nostalgia for the original makes you want to see this one half old 
to bring in the people that already are committed to the franchise, but half new to kind of attract a new generation of viewers. Mm -hmm. I wonder if people didn't like this movie mainly because it did that by kind of crapping on the original. You could tell they kind of wanted to make this a franchise or, you know, a continuation of new, a new yeah, branch they of did, franchise. Yeah, they did want to make it a franchise. And I don't think this movie did well financially enough to justify that. And obviously, as we talked about earlier, they're basically rebooting the Terminator franchise again next year. Yeah, they are. And they're just going, you know what? None of that matters. We're going back to here's the sequel to the original two movies. Another issue, too, was that, um, so I don't really know too much about it, like, what the reasoning behind it was, but I guess the cast was, like, miserable making this movie, and, like, everyone involved in it generally had a terrible experience making it, so I think even if they wanted to, um, or if the studio wanted to, I don't think anyone would have signed on to do it again, like, they were all just absolutely hated every minute of making this movie, which I think is surprising because I, re- I really don't think that comes across in the movie. No, I mean, I, I don't think so. None of them seemed like they were phoning it in. Yeah. And then to compare the the box office gross, I guess, so in terms of Terminator Salvation, that had a budget of $200 million and only made... 125 million so i mean both of these movies were box office losers for sure um which maybe that's why they felt like they had to go in the reboot direction because the existing franchise just was no longer doing well so this seems like a good jumping off point to just kind of compare our thoughts between the two yeah so here's what i'm thinking at least in in genesis it wasn't as serious. Yeah, it was, it was more fun. It was a little more fun, but without being like, it wasn't like Marvel. Hey, let's have tons of like. And it's not campy jokes. Yeah, like campy jokes with just the right amount of camp. This was just let's have an action movie. We know it's not. It's not gonna be dark and serious. We'll just kind of yeah. It's just you know, eat your popcorn. Like Independence Day. Yeah. You know, just popcorn blockbuster. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know why it didn't resonate with as many people, I guess. I think, though, so overall, I mean, at the end, we we did determine that, for me, Salvation is not good and skip-worthy. You feel that Salvation is good in the context of other Terminator movies. So like, if you're like, yeah, let's watch all the Terminator movies, you'll throw it in there. Yeah. Um, which I think is what we, we agreed on. It's like, yeah, have a Terminator marathon. Like, sure, watch that one like, too. Salvation is not bad to the point where you're going to joke that it doesn't exist. Although like, James Cameron's doing that. Well, no, I know. Okay, that's, that's true. <laughs> He's pretending it doesn't exist. I mean, in the sense of, you know, like people make the joke on the internet. Oh, man, you know, I've, I've, uh, I wish the Matrix was so good. I wish they would have made more. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, what are we talking about? They made like two more Matrix movies. Well, no, what are you talking about? There's <laughs> only one Matrix. You know that? Yeah. It's not bad to that point. Yeah. It's just blah. I right. Think. It's not even good as it's a popcorn not even movie. It's great as a popcorn movie. 
Salvation. Salvation, yeah. Terminator Salvation isn't even great. Like, as, as the popcorn movie, the way that I'm, I think that Genesis is, it's just not as fun because it's so dark and just, you're like, yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think also with Salvation, I don't really think it stands very well on its own. I think if you're just going to sit down and watch a movie, that's not a good one to pick. Whereas with Genesis, I feel like you could just sit down and watch this movie by itself and enjoy it. So you think somebody who knew nothing about Terminator could watch this movie? Yeah. They do enough explanation and enough um, kind of backstory uh, exposition that you could go into this movie not seeing any of the other Terminator movies and not be confused. I think that's probably fair, especially because a lot of what people knew kind of mm-hmm. got thrown out the window. Yeah, it gets erased like 15 minutes into the movie. One thing that I feel is unfair about this movie, I, th- I wonder if there's almost a double standard when it comes to well-known stories, okay? Mm-hmm. So a few weeks ago, we talked about a hook, and one of the criticisms of Hook was, oh, they should have just made a retelling of the Peter Pan story instead of going off on this cockamamie new idea storyline, whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's retell it. So here in Terminator Genesis, the criticisms are, oh, they're just rehashing what we already know. They're not adding anything new. And, and <laughs> it's like... Can is it just you can't win? I'm sorry, like it has to be original or no, but it can't be original because we just want like the same comforting what we already know and like. And but no, we when we get that, we we're like, why is oh it's it's boring and it's dated, like we want something new and fresh. Yeah. And we talked about that too with Bright, where like Bright does give them something new and fresh and they still hate it. Like it's a fine line. Yeah. That's what it comes down to. And now, too, where they're remaking so many movies, so we can look at something like A Star is Born, where they tweaked tiny little story or plot points, but for the most part, it's the same movie. Well, that movie's been made like four or five times. Yeah, so they keep remaking it, but critics still love that. It's a great story. So, yeah, okay, Okay, it's it's good, it's fine, but... I don't like leaving movies depressed. Okay. (laughs) Um, But why is it that they're okay with the remakes and the reboots and the the redos with dramas? And why do they have such a problem with it when it comes to action or comedy? Well, I do wonder if it is because, again, this went too far off the mark mm-hmm. when it comes to the the timeline and the story elements it's almost like there's a box and as long as you color within the lines of that box you can color anywhere in that box you can draw anything you want but when you leave the box in any direction that's when it's like oh no you're that's a foul yeah and so maybe that was the problem with i mean that was definitely the problem with bright yeah, it was too far. It was coloring on a different page, you know, like a different book. It was way out there for I think a lot of people. I think so. Our main takeaway, though, from from both of these movies, I think, is Salvation tries to be too gritty, too serious, and too dark, too dark and 
isn't really worth it outside of the context of the other Terminator movies. Correct. Whereas Terminator Genesis is better in that it's more entertaining and more enjoyable. From a cinematic perspective, it might not be better. I'll say this. This is our fourth episode. Uh, yeah. And we've done five movies uh-huh. because of this two-parter. Yes. Genesis, in my opinion, is probably the best movie that we've watched so far. Yeah. In terms of like what I'd rather watch again, yeah, I'd rather watch Genesis again. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of One Star Bazaar. Next week, we will be watching and talking about an action romantic comedy. So, tune in next week. You can visit our Patreon page to contribute to the podcast if you like what we're doing. You can reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook at One Star Bazaar. You can let us know what you think or make suggestions for what we should watch next. Please rate and subscribe if you're willing. It helps us out and lets us know you're listening.